This is the Recruiting Simplified Podcast, where college basketball coaches give parents all the information that they need to help their child reach their goals of playing at the next level. The recruiting process can be difficult at times and it can be overwhelming. So the goal of this podcast is to help parents get the right information from the people who make the decisions. You can find more information at AngelaRLewis.com or follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Coach A. Lewis. Listen to what this coach had to say. Welcome to another episode of Recruiting Simplified. Our guest today is Norma Rodriguez. Coach Rodriguez is the head women's basketball coach at John Wood Community College. Coach, tell everyone when you fell in love with basketball and why you started coaching. Why did I I fell in love with basketball? Oh, probably in fifth or sixth grade. Uh, you know, uh, before then, uh, there wasn't much around when I when I was when I was growing up. There wasn't much around for kids. You had baseball uh, was about it. And when I got into fifth grade, they had elementary school basketball. And, uh, you know, I had a, I had a, a dual love. I had love for ba- baseball. And I had love for, uh, for ba- basketball. It was something and, and could get up and down the court and, and could work with others and you could be with others. And uh, it, it really was another, you know, team sport that, uh, that I could participate in. Uh, so that's kind of when it kind of developed and uh, it kind of grew, uh, you know, in the, in the college um, I, I didn't play basketball in college, uh, didn't have the right attributes, if you will. I didn't have the right mentors. I didn't have anything like this that you're doing for, uh, for kids. So it's such a blessing that, uh, that, uh, that you're doing, uh, you're doing the Lord's work for this. Uh, but, uh, I, I did play, uh, I did play baseball for a little bit. Uh, but then I, uh, I played intramural basketball and I did, I did do stuff uh, as a practice player for the, uh, uh, for the for the men's team uh, here and there, so I, I kept I kept involved in in, in basketball. Uh, and coaching bug, I'd had the coaching bug since I was in high school. Uh, I coached little league uh, baseball when I was in high school, and I continued to coach you know all the way through college. And and when I when I uh, when I got out of college, uh, uh, I continued to uh, to have my uh, my fingers in in coaching. Uh, or in uh, advising some kind of youth groups, things like that, uh, uh, until uh, until we got back to uh, got back to Quincy, had the opportunity to coach some junior high level, and then got the opportunity to coach some uh, college level. Uh, and actually, it was baseball first, and then I had a friend who was going to be the head coach asked me if I wanted to help him out with basketball, and and I uh, helped out for five years, and then uh, both he and the players. Uh, came to me, asked me if I'd want to be head coach, and I've been head coach ever since. Wow, that's really special when they come and ask. I've never heard that before. That's really special. What were you thinking? Were you expecting it, or were you kind of taken aback? Well, I was taken aback. I wasn't expecting it. You know, I'd been, I I hadn't done much above junior high basketball, and although I've been assistant for five years, uh, I was really taken aback that the girls thought enough of my uh, of my abilities uh, and, and my and my leadership, if you will, uh, to uh, to be the head coach. 
Well, pretty, that doesn't surprise hard. me. I didn't know that, but that doesn't surprise me. So just for everyone listening, I've known Coach Rodriguez since I was in college. Your son, Shane, was the manager of our team at SLU. And so you've always been such a kind person, so thoughtful. And when players know that you care about them, they, they want you to coach them. And so that really means a lot to have players say, we want you to guide us. That's really special. Well, thank you. Let's talk a little bit about John Wood. So you've been there for a while. You've been there a long time. For uh, I've been there for been a long time, over 25 years. Yeah, and that says a lot about your willingness to be committed to the program where so often in college coaching, coaches leave and they go a lot of different places. Talk about why you've been committed to John Wood and tell parents a little bit about your program. Well, I, I, I got into the, the women's side uh, because I did not think that the young ladies in the area uh, were getting the opportunity to become all they could be, that they were, have to, they were having to settle. Uh, and I didn't want them to have to settle. I wanted them to have the ball in their court and, and, and have all the opportunities that they could possibly have. And I also wanted them to dream big. Uh, you know, uh, I, I didn't want them to think that they were less than what they could be. And, and you never know, you know, try for what you can get. And, and, you know, as you, as you strive for that, that, uh, that top rung, uh, you accomplish so many things that you didn't think you'd be able to accomplish. And, and that's kind of why I, I got into it and have kind of stayed into it. Uh, uh, not only just because of my teaching position there and, my wife's position uh, uh, here in town and the kids and not wanting to move the kids, uh, but also really feel vested in the, uh, in the kids in the, uh, in the, uh, in the area. And uh, uh, wanted to make sure that if I ever did leave that, that uh, I'd be turning the program over to somebody who would, uh, who would care for it, nurture it and uh, grow it uh, like I had. So that, that's kind of why I got there and, and, why I've been there ever since. Uh, John Wood is a two-year school uh, up in Quincy, Illinois. It's one of the one of the smaller two-year schools in the state of Illinois. Um, but uh, you know, we have uh, uh, most of your, your uh, requirements for everything that you want to major in. Uh, you know, after you go to John Wood and, and transfer to a four-year school, uh, we're located right on that belly button of Illinois. I like to call it right on the Mississippi River. Uh, and we're, we're kind of easily accessible to everywhere. We're three hours from Kansas City. We're two hours or less, depending on where you're at in St. Louis. Uh, it can take me two hours from my house to Bush Stadium. So <laughs> I've got that one down pat. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. We're about, we're about uh, four and a half hours from Chicago. Uh, we're five hours from Milwaukee, four and a half from Indianapolis, you know, uh, you know six hours from Memphis. So, you know, we're, and it's interstate most of the way to all those places. Uh, that we can get there, uh, so uh, that's that's kind of where we're at, and 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 uh, and where where the college is at, and a little bit about the college. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it's one thing when parents and players are deciding, you know, where where the student athlete's going to go. They think about location, and so think about kind of not only the town, but also what's the surrounding areas. Now it's it's a it's a it's a 
it's a bigger town in a rural area. It's, it's a farming area, but Quincy is about 42,000. So uh, you will have many of the amenities that you, that you would uh, that you would have in, in St. Louis as far as stores and as far as restaurants and those kind of things. They may not have uh, the activities uh, that you can that you can uh, partake in in St. Louis, but there are a lot of different activities. You know, Mark Twain's not too far away. Nauvoo's not too far away. There's all sorts of activities you do on campus. We have a very vibrant student life program. Uh, there's activities in the town. Uh, so there's lots of things that, that, uh, that you can do. And our players usually do stuff together uh, all the time, or I'm taking them to a local place to play a laser tag or things like that uh, to have fun together uh, as a team. Um, but a, a two-year school is, is a good place to start uh, if you don't know what you want to major in, uh, number one. Uh, and if you, uh, if you want to see how far your talents can take you, uh, because a lot of people, they like, they like, they like, for example, an undersized post player. Well, we try to make them into uh, you know, a face-to-basket player and see how far they can go. Uh, so, you know, and, and if you're, if you know where you, that what you want to major in, but you're not sure what school out there is a right fit for you, then, then come to a junior college for two years, uh, to, to figure that out. It gives you more time to figure it out. Um, and then, uh, if you're not sure you want to play, you know, you liked it in high school and yeah, I, 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 I kind of want to, but I'm not sure. Sure, you can wander, you can play for two years and then decide uh, if you want to play. We've had all sorts of players go on and play. They played Division One, they played NAIA and the whole spectrum. But then we've had kids that have decided, you know what, I'm glad I did it for two years, but you know, I just want to be a regular student now. Uh, but they were glad they tried it. So you know, there's, there's lots of different reasons to go to a junior college. You know, the, the one that uh, I think uh, gets the most play is oh I don't have the grades mm -hmm. and uh, and so uh, they think they have to go to a junior college because of their grades and and there's some truth to that but that's not the only reason and uh, uh, you know we're very serious I mean if you're thinking it's, it's, okay junior college I'm going to be able to skate by and just kind of get my grades up uh, you know it, it didn't help when uh, I'm trying to think of the kid from Mizzou uh, that went to Kansas and uh, and, and went out to a uh, community college out of Kansas and took like whatever it was, 18, 18, 21 hours over the course of the summer and got straight A's so they could be eligible to play. And there was a whole scandal that broke because of that. That did not help the reputation of, uh, of the junior colleges. But we take them pretty seriously at John Wood. Uh, and my is that the girls are going to have to, or the young ladies are going to have to stop playing basketball at some point. At some point in their life, they're going to have to stop. And at that point in time, their education has to kick in. And so we want to make sure they get a good education and a good foundation uh, on their education. So study halls, we have great checks. Uh, there's different things that I do that maybe some people don't agree with. Like, for example, when they get to school uh, in August, I don't do anything with them until after Labor Day because I want them to get a good foundation in the classroom. Not only do I want them to be students and enjoy that for a little bit, but I want to get a firm foundation in the classroom. So 
they're on the right foot as they are um, getting started in their school year. Uh, so yeah, it, it, academics are important to us. That's very rare, Coach Rodriguez, that some people, that you wait until after Labor Day. Most people, you know, after a week they're on campus, they're, they're getting after it. Uh, and, we, and we have open gyms uh, for the young ladies, but I sit up, I tell the girls, you figure it out, you just go down there and play and have fun with your, you know, just have fun with your teammates and play. Uh, and I'm going to sit up there and I'm just going to watch. I'm not going to come down there and get involved because, you know, it's kind of hands off. You guys just just be yourselves and just be college students for a while and, and, and get acclimated to that. Be successful. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. We use a lot of times um, parents ask and we're going to dive right into this one about the money. They want to know about, they say they want our kids to get scholarships. Talk about the scholarship offerings at your school. Okay. Uh, at my school, because we're a Division II school. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're, uh, and, and junior colleges are going to be different than four-year schools. Uh, four-year schools will put together a package for you. And that package will take into account an athletic scholarship, maybe an academic scholarship, maybe a scholarship from the English department, uh, but then it'll also take into account any kind of financial aid you're getting, like a Pell Grant. So they'll wrap that all up in a package and say, here, here's what we're giving you, and here's the balance, and you have to pay the balance. You gotta find some way to pay it, either through student loan or through monthly payments or however it is you pay it. So at a junior college, that's a little different, uh, especially at a two-year school. Two-year school, uh, or a, a, a Division II school, excuse me, uh, a Division II school like we are, uh, are, we are prohibited from paying room and board. Uh, all we can pay for is tuition and books and, and labs. Uh, so my goal is to, uh, to try to help the girls out as much as I can uh, academically uh, uh, with, their, with their education. So if I have a local girl who's gonna live at home uh, I will not give her as much of a of a basketball scholarship as I will give somebody who's coming and going to have to live here, pay for expenses. living expenses. I'm going to do all I can to pay for all of her tuition, all of her, and and all of her lab fees. Um, and that's what we we don't necessarily put a package together. That's what we give them. And when we do that, they have no they have no um, educational expenses so at that point if they if they get financial aid if they get a Pell Grant since they have zero bill then the Pell Grant gets all sent back it gets all sent to them so the college will send the player a check in the mail for the amount of their Pell Grant so if they get uh, $2,500 they'll get a check for $2,500 and they can use that to, to help pay their living expenses um, and that's what uh, and that's what we try to do uh, is to uh, is to help them do that. Now um, that's at John Wood. Uh, so we take care of those things. Uh, uh, we also take care of like like we had at SLU. You know that's the you know the practice stuff, the shoes, the travel bag, the travel gear. You know we provide all that for for the players. We try to limit their uh, expenses to just uh, to just living expenses is what we try to do and hopefully 
they have enough financial aid or they have enough other scholarships that can be cashed out that uh, that they'll get that money back from the college and they can use that uh, to help them pay their uh, living expenses. Got it. Uh, and the other thing you have then, uh, you have the opportunity to have a job on campus. And the job on campus will get you about 10 hours a week at minimum. Uh, so you can figure that you'd have, you know, whatever a minimum wage and it's going up went up the this July it's going to go up in in, uh, in January here in Illinois uh, so uh, the bump in pay you know uh, but uh, that's going to be extra money that you can use for you know for food or for whatever you'll use your Pell Grant for your rent and for your Wi-Fi and for electric and then use your uh, uh, use your uh, work study money for, uh, to help purchase uh, for example now, Division One, uh, a, a two-year Division One school can pay for room and board, but not all Division One schools have 15 full. Uh, most Division One schools of, of scholarships. They may have five where they can give everything: room and board, books, tuition. Then they may have five; they're just room and board only. May just have then they may have five or just tuition, uh, but the Division One schools can pay for room and board. It's not like Division One NCAA where you, it's all or nothing. Uh, so at JUCO it could be all or something instead of all or nothing. Um, uh, and, um, and and the other thing you have to understand about uh, junior colleges is that not all states uh, are the same with regard to uh, uh, with regard to living expenses. Uh, some states uh, like Iowa uh, can have uh, housing on campus or Missouri can have housing on campus. Some states like Illinois, uh, you cannot have housing on campus. Uh, uh, we can have housing off campus, which we do, but we just can't have the housing on campus. Uh, so we have housing off campus. It was built by a private person for our athletes. Uh, it's not controlled by the college, but it, it's for our athletes. So we do have that about six blocks. Uh, but Illinois schools, unless you're a private school, uh, you know, uh, then uh, you, you you can't have housing uh, on campus. Uh, there is a, there are exceptions. Lewis and Park is an exception. Uh, that's there in Godfrey, Illinois. Uh, they were uh, they started out in a uh, in an old grocery store but across the street was a uh, yeah but across the street was a catholic girls school uh a, a catholic uh, boarding school for girls so the boarding school had dorms well the boarding school the catholic uh, catholic church closed the school and the community college bought the school so when they bought the school it had dorms in it so it kind of got grandfathered that they could use those that they, uh, those dorms, but couldn't build any new ones. So they're restricted to whatever uh, 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 rooms that they had as as the uh, as the boarding school. That's really good to know. I didn't realize that there was restrictions regarding um, the JUCO Division Two not being able to pay room and board and not having one not. Um, having on-campus housing. Yeah, that's a that's a small detail that I that I wasn't aware of. So thank you for explaining we, we, that. You're welcome. That's one of the things we try to do early on 
when we get when we have girls on for campus visits is, is we try to navigate with them uh, that with them and let them know here's the nuances here's how we try to handle it here's how we try to help you navigate it uh, and uh, make it work and, and give them that information so they can make educated decisions absolutely so let's um, let's deep dive into some of the questions that parents asked. Okay. So I'm gonna ask you a question. I'm gonna ask you the question that I asked parents, and I want you to guess the response, okay? Okay. So the first question is, do you know the difference between between NCAA, NAIA, and NJCAA? The responses are yes, no, and maybe. What percent said yes, what percent said no, and what percent said maybe? Okay, I would say probably about 70% said no, and about 20% uh, said maybe, and about 10% said yes. You're saying 70% said no, 10% said maybe. 10% no, said yes. 10% said yes. And 20% said maybe. 20% said maybe. Okay, here are the results. 64.5% said yes. 9. Oh, really? point, yes, 9.1% said no. No, I'm sorry, 9.1% said maybe. And 26% said no. Okay. Why does that surprise you? Uh, because in my conversations with with uh, players and parents mm -hmm. uh, that we have on campus, uh, they do, they didn't understand. Well, they understand the difference between NCAA and NJCAA being four year and two year, uh, but they don't understand the uh, the uh, the scholarship differences or the academic differences. When you talk about that, you talked about the scholarship differences. Talk about the academic differences. Well, the academic differences, uh, you know, at, at, at junior college, if, if you don't know what you want to major in, for, for example, then you can go and watch it because we have all of the general education classes that you would take your first two years at a, uh, at, at, at a, uh, at a four-year institution. Uh, and we're not so, like, so much, quote, specialized in anything, uh, uh, but we help you to become specialized. In, in, in something if you if you want to do that um, you will have four-year schools uh, that are, for example are more geared towards the fine arts uh, as opposed to maybe more geared towards the sciences you know uh, Missouri S&T is more geared towards the sciences uh, Webster uh, Stephen more geared towards the fine arts uh, so they may have a business program, uh, but it may not be uh, as good a business program as, say, Quincy University, who has an MBA program, etc. Uh, but so you have at the four-year level, you have schools that specialize uh, in, in certain areas, uh, especially at the Division II, the Division Three, and the and the uh, at uh, and at the NAI level. Uh, but at the JUCO level, they're not really specialized in anything they help you try to figure it out i've had numerous players uh she's now a, a head coach at an naia school 
but when she first came to us, she wanted to be a forensic scientist. And the last semester of her sophomore year, she decided she wanted to go into business because she wanted to go into uh, uh, sports management so she could coach. Uh, I just, just had a girl uh, graduate last year. She's playing down at uh, Henderson State down in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. She came in as a uh, she came in as a nursing uh, made ma a nursing communication uh, major, and she switched to psychology. And uh, now she's down there as a psychology major. That that's that's the kind of the academic difference. Uh, when when you get into a four year school and you want to go into this and go into a major, uh, you go in and you say I want to be I want to be an accountant. And so right from the get-go, when you get to the four-year school, you're in that accounting track. And if at some point in time you decide you don't want to be a, an accountant, well, then uh, it may take you longer uh, to get out of that school, uh, or uh, it, uh, it may be such that you're going to get a degree from that school, but it, it's, not, it's not their best major. It's not their top major. It's going to be a good degree still, but it's not going to be the best degree they could possibly get. Uh, and, I, and I'm kind of an example of that, because when I went to uh, Quincy University, it was Quincy College back then, uh, I was going to be a physical therapist. Uh, I wanted to be the next, uh, I wanted to be the next athletic trainer for the St. Louis Cardinals, is what I wanted to be. Uh, But after I got into it, I decided that not, I, I, I didn't like I didn't like sciences as much as I thought I'd like sciences, uh, and so I switched to uh, to uh, to history to 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 be a teacher. Uh, and uh, it it because of that switch, I switched after my sophomore year. Because of that switch, I did not get all of my uh, I did not get all of my education classes that I needed to get, and so I needed to I needed to uh, go. Uh, longer to school to get what I needed to, to be able to to uh, to get in order to be uh, a teacher. Yeah, sometimes you know players switch their majors, and they some some of them come in and they know what they're interested in, and they are they're on that track. But other times you change your mind. And similarly, I thought I wanted to be um, a sports psychologist. And I took a psychology class and we started learning about the brain and neuroscience. And I was like, you know what, maybe sports marketing. Then I took an economics class. Said, you know what, let me go in communication. <laughs> and I'll just talk to people, which hence what we're, we're doing now. So all that worked, it, you know, it works out. You find your, find your niche. It, it does. It all, there's a plan for you and, that, and, and eventually, you will you will get to where you're where you're uh, where you're supposed to be. Uh, there may be some detours, but it all works out. Um, but no, you were you were you were uh, trying to think. Yeah, it, it jogged my, uh, a memory of mine um, uh, that uh, that you were talking about how you how you cut. Oh, uh, if you look at statistics, I think it's like five of of, of seven college kids change their major at least once mm -hmm. uh, during college and. Three of five kids uh, will, will go to college for five years instead of four yep. uh, anymore. So, uh, you know, they, it, that's a normal thing uh, is what I want to say. What you did, what I did, that's a normal thing. You know, it's, it's not abnormal at all. And I, and I have to tell kids that because I don't want them to feel, oh, you know, everybody else knows what they're doing. And, or, you know, now I got to change. And, 
and uh, I said, hey, that, that, that's normal. Don't, don't feel bad about it. It's a normal thing. You're right in line with everybody else. You're pretty much, you know, pretty much average. You're not, nothing silly or goofy about it. Exactly. You have plenty of time to figure it out. Yes, you do. So here's another question from the survey. Do you believe your social media posts about your daughter's accomplishments impact her chances of receiving a scholarship? Yes, no, or maybe. What percent said yes? What percent do you think said no? And what percent do you think said maybe? I say probably about 60% said yes. And probably about 5% said maybe, and about 15% said no. Okay, here are the results. 35.5% said yes. Okay. 31.8% said no, and 32.7% said maybe. Oh, it's interesting. Interesting yeah. kind of even split. Yep, almost an even split. So why do you think that, why was your initial response what you thought it was based on your conversations, and then what do you think about those results? Well, uh, my, my initial response uh, is based upon uh, a lot of, uh, of readings that I've been doing. There's a guy by the name of Tim Elmore. I don't know if you've heard of Tim Elmore or not. Does a lot of work with Generation Z and uh, the new generation of kids that are, that are coming up. Uh, he's had some, uh, he has a podcast out there. Uh, and one of his podcasts talked about the, uh, the college entrance exam scandal uh, mm -hmm. that we have with Lori Laughlin and those other people. Yeah. And he talks about how the new generation, Generation Z, that the, uh, that the parents uh, try to, uh, try to con control things for their kids uh, so that the kids can have the, the, the desired outcome uh, that they want. And that more and more parents are, are doing that. Uh, for the kids and not letting the kids figure it out for themselves. Uh, so I'm, I've, I've gotten kind of big on, on that and letting my players kind of figure things out for themselves. I'll be, a, I'll be a resource and a guiding hand if they need to, but they need to start learning to figure things out for themselves because especially when they get out on their own and in the workforce, they got to figure things out uh, for themselves. Uh, so, uh, but that's why I thought because there are so many so many parents out there who are like that uh, and I've seen enough social media like that because uh, we, I keep track of things on Instagram and Twitter and, and, uh, and, uh, and Facebook that it seems to me that that's, that's uh, uh, what, they're, what they're trying to, to do. Uh, but to me, it's interesting that it's, a, that it's an even split uh, like that, uh, you know, uh, either uh, you know, I think maybe they're, they don't think they're doing something. You know, uh, they're not really not intending to do something. And they don't have the, the thoughts or the ideas to do that. Uh, but uh, maybe the kids are hoping that it will be. I don't know. I mean, it's just it's just interesting. I mean, we need to look more into that before I can say anything about why it's an even split. It's an even split. You know, that, that it, it's it's interesting to me. Uh, given all that I've read uh, from not just, but there's guys like uh, um, John Gordon stuff or Darlene Santor 
uh, any of her things or Justin Sal, if you've ever read, uh, seen any of his I, things. I have to look these up. So, um, so yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, so it just, it just, it catches me, mm -hmm. at, uh, uh, at, at pleasantly surprised that it seems split, but with all the things that have been, that I've been reading about mm -hmm. and how the next generation is going, uh, it kind of surprised me. Yeah. You know, when, when I talk to parents, I hear a sense of uncertainty around mm -hmm. the impact of social media. So I think everyone agrees that social media plays a role. Like, so people are on social media, you know, there's billions of humans on Facebook, Facebook and Instagram. So we know that, but the impact that it has on scholarship offer, I think there's some ambiguity because you never know if a coach is really watching or do coaches, their questions over, you know, do coaches really pay attention to what players post and if, them as parents, if they post something, should they only post about their child or should they post about the team? Those types of things, there's some ambiguity around. So parents are conflicted. I think that those results show just the uncertainty. And, and, I, and I can see that. And, and I, I would agree with you that because there is a lot of uncertainty and that's uh, about their child's life. And I, that's one of the reasons that these different authors have cited why parents are trying to take more control over it because of the uncertainty. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, it, it, it's, and, and, and there is some ambiguity about it because you do have like the divisionals who uh, their, their cooking process is uh, that division schools uh, and that's totally different three schools. Uh, you know, the NAI school is different than JUCOs, but your Division One schools, I mean, they know their targeting. You know, they have they have their their top list, and then they have uh, then they have those that are under in case they don't get their top list, and then they have those that are down if they don't get the, the second tier. Um, uh, you know, and, and I think a lot. Of, I don't know if a lot of player parents or players understand that uh, because oftentimes they get the same letters from, from the school. Uh, you know, I know, I know, I knew it. Well, my daughter, one of my daughters, uh, not the one that you, not, not the one that you, you know, and and uh, and, and hung out with. But uh, one of my daughters worked in the uh, in a in a in the basketball women's basketball office of a Division One school, and uh, they had uh, they had they had two lists at Chiefs and Indians, and uh, the Chiefs got one letter, the Indians got another letter, but they both got letters at the same time. Uh, but the Chiefs were the ones that they. That they really, really wanted, and the Indians were the ones that uh, uh, that they would they would go after if they didn't get the ones uh, that they really, really wanted. Uh, but their lists are, are are small enough, and they and because of of, um, of their their resources, they're able to employ people to keep track of the social media accounts of the players that they're really invested in, uh, and. Uh, some division schools, uh, because there's a disparity in division schools on how much resources that they have. Yep. Division schools like Quincy University uh, that does not have a lot of financial resources. Then you'll have schools like Drury University down Springfield that has just an abundance of financial resources. Uh, so uh, some division two schools can have somebody uh, that will monitor 
the social media accounts of the of the players that that uh, they have, you know, at the top of the list. Yeah. Uh, then when you get down to and JUCO, you don't have those resources, so you just try to monitor those the best you can. I mean, I know the kids that that uh, that are on the top of my list. I don't check them all the time. I don't follow them. I don't think it's right for me to follow them while they're in high school. That's just me. Uh, but I do I do check in on them from time to time uh, to see what's to, to to see what they've been posting. Um, and it does make a difference. It does, it makes a difference not just for me, but I know the, the all the college coaches that that I am good friends with. I know it makes a difference for them. And this may get into another question, but. Uh, but uh, most of the ones that, that I'm really, really good friends with, we recruit to culture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if that social media account shows you somebody that's not going to fit with your culture, uh, then you, you have start having a second thought whether or not you want that player to be part of your team. Yeah, that the social media plays a big role in terms of coaches' willingness to recruit. And so, you know, we always, and I know they hear it all the time, but it can't be under, it can't be overstated that what you put out there about who you are, it, people are watching and they're paying attention to it. And if you have a bad day, your, your social media is probably not the best place to express your discontent with what has happened. You know, you, especially if you're a student athlete. If if you're if you're a non-student athlete, I don't think admissions personnel are looking at your social media, but coaches are definitely um, are definitely watching. I have another. I'm, I'm gonna you, I was I'm just real quick. I want to tell you more and more and more and more employers yes. are are employing people just to do that. Their yep. sole job is. Check like the like the Division One schools. Their sole job is to check uh, social media accounts. Uh, so even if you're not a student athlete, uh, you know it's more and more becoming a reality of our world that what you put out there uh, mm-hmm. is out there uh, kind of forever and can uh, can and can have some impact uh, on on you. Yep, definitely, definitely can have an impact in the future because it never goes away. These are, these next few questions, Coach, are questions that parents put in the, please leave an additional question or comment section. So there's no stats around these. However, I'd love to hear your insight. So one parent asked, can you give advice for parents? Well, this is a statement. Can you give advice for parents that don't have a lot of money? Can you you repeat that because you're breaking up on me? Sure. Can you give advice for parents that don't have a lot of money, but want to make sure they're giving their daughter every opportunity to be seen? Well, I'll tell you right now, you're, you're, you're uh, inside on what? So one parent asked, one question that a parent asked is, can you give advice for parents 
that don't have a lot of money, but want to make sure they're giving their daughter every opportunity to be seen? Uh, okay, so are they talking about they don't have a lot of money so they can't play AAU ball? Uh, so, yeah, that's what they're alluding to. Uh, what can they do? To be in, and they can't pay for a recruiting service. Uh, that's what they're alluding to. That's what, is that's what my service, the AU ball, or both. Okay. Well, I, I think what they can do is uh, uh, they have to work hand in hand with their uh, with their high school coach mm -hmm. and. and Try to get the high school coach uh, to reach out to uh, as uh, as many uh, college coaches as they can. There is a service out there; it's a recruiting service it's called Field Level, and it doesn't cost uh, high school coaches or college coaches. It doesn't cost them to sign up for it. Now, there's a premium side to it, of course, mm -hmm. uh, but there is a side where it is it is free, and you can post. Uh, uh, not only a profile picture, but you can post all sorts of information uh, about uh, your player. I use it uh, for my players as one avenue to help them in addition to all the other things that I do. Um, but but uh, you can put film on there for charge uh, so that people can see uh, can see what the, uh, you know, the, 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 their daughter looks like. Uh, so there's those kind of free services that the, the, the high school coach can access or a club coach can access. Uh, but it's going to be really working hand in hand with your, with your high school coach. Uh, the high school coach hopefully has connections or can make connections and develop connections so they can get the, they can get the word out. And uh, a lot of times a uh, high school coach can reach out to a college coach and say, Hey, can you help me? Uh, not only here is a girl may not fit your program, but you know other people who you can uh, you can share this with. Uh, and I know the coaches that I'm friends with. Uh, we don't have any problem if a if a girl won't fit our program, or if I'm I've already offered out all my scholarships because that's happened before, mm -hmm. uh, where I've I've offered all my scholarships out. The girls have accepted. We've signed. We've had somebody come late. I have no scholarship money. I say, if you want to come for no scholarship, man, but also try to help you find some place to go. I will start sending your information and your footage out to uh, uh, to my friends in the business, so that maybe if you you know if you if you can't work it to come here for 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 uh, on your own on your own dime, so to speak, well, maybe they'll have uh, an opportunity for you to uh, get a scholarship and help uh, and help pay for that. But a lot, I think a lot of it has to be working hand in hand with your your high school coach you know and, and talking to the high school coach about the different uh uh the different uh uh alternatives there are uh to get seen you know and uh and if, if you're if you're like a sophomore or junior start talking to the high school coach can we go here and play you know let's talk can we go there and play we host a high school uh and i know this, i know uh Moberly does the same Thing. North Central Missouri does the same thing, uh, and I know that uh, Parkland up does the same thing. Uh, I believe Lincoln Land in uh, Springfield, Illinois, does the same. Thing. But we host a uh, we host a high school uh, shootout uh, the week before uh, Christmas, and we bring in teams. I send guys out. Uh, I think we have we have 
two or three teams. We have Jennings coming up from St. Louis. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. We have, uh, I think two, two other schools coming up from St. Louis. And they come up and they play, and we'll have them play Illinois schools uh, or an Iowa school. That's what we call it the Rumble on the River because we're right on the Mississippi oh, River. Nice. And so, but we pit, we pit Illinois versus Missouri or Iowa versus Illinois or Iowa versus – so you won't, you'll see somebody you, you'll never see before, and you'll see somebody from a different state. Uh, we have teams coming from Columbia, Missouri, and we have a lot of area teams too. Uh, but we have two teams from Iowa coming. We have uh, Missouri teams, Illinois teams, and, 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 and as I said, some, some St. Louis coming. So, you know, look for those kind of things and, and work with your coach to, to maybe not – it might be too late to do anything for this year because this year is already scheduled, but maybe next year uh, they can look for, for something to come in. I've already had somebody reach out to me uh, from a school – looking to see if they have an opportunity to play in our on our shootout next year that's really great advice thank you for that i never thought about um the impact that high school coaches can have in terms of setting up the schedule to ensure that players get some exposure that's a really good that's really good advice one more question that's asked quite often is how do you know when a coach is interested? Uh, I think that varies on the coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, for me, it's if, if I try to develop a relationship with you. If yeah. I try to develop a relationship with you, then I'm really interested in you. Uh, because I'm trying to figure out if you're going to fit our culture. And I'm trying to develop that relationship early on. Uh, uh, to, to not only see if you fit our scult, our culture, but I want that. It's all about relationships. Uh, I think at, at, at our level, uh, at the college level, I should say, it's all about relationships. And you try to build those relationships early and you try to maintain those relationships for the two years they're here. And then you try to expand on those relationships, uh, when they're gone. Um, I'll give you an example. I mean, it's, a, it's kind of a, it's a it's a sad but it's a good example uh i just had a young lady uh, who played for me about uh two or three weeks ago her and her husband were in a uh were in a car accident mm-hmm. and uh and husband was killed she was life flighted to columbia uh but i have a player uh the, her husband was jv coach one of my current players was one of his players. So, of course, one of my current players was devastated about it uh, as we were coming back from a jamboree. So, we have to, so, you know, I took a lot of time with her uh, to help her and try to comfort her and make sure she got back to her hometown uh, safely so she could deal with, the, with, with, uh, with uh, her emotions and, her, and the loss and everything. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, here's one of my former players that's uh, life flighted. But uh, it's about that relationship. So I immediately got on the phone because there's about seven girls that that played with. There's eight girls out of that group uh, that that uh, some are they're not the same age, but they played with each other. Uh, you know, uh, some are a year older, some are, you know, and you're younger, but they played at least for one year. But they developed that relationship and they developed that bond, and they've been they come to our they all come to our 
uh, alumni all every year, except for the one from Canada. They come to our uh, they come to our uh, alumni game religiously every year to get together. That's their kind of one sure get together date. And I always go out with them afterwards. But uh, but immediately got on the phone and said, hey, you know, this has happened. You know, I tried to we start trying to spread the word so we could start, you know, uh, you know, praying for her and, and for communicating with each other so we'd all be updated. And then one of the girls started a group chat just like that. So we, and uh, immediately started a group chat. Uh, so we're all in it. There, there's this, there's seven girls and an I'm in it so that we can continue to, to communicate about the progress that this young lady is making. And she's making tremendous progress uh, down in the hospital. I mean, she opened her eyes yesterday for the first time. So that that continues to get spread. Uh, we continue to stay in contact with each other. And and they decided they want to all get out. They all met last week to, to uh, go out for lunch. They said, we, we, we got to do more than once a year. But it's because of that relationship. And you want to try to start building those relationships, not just with the player, but then have the players build relationships with themselves. So getting back to that, if, if I'm really interested in you, I'm trying to build a relationship in you because, because I want that relationship to build and grow, not just between us, but with the other members of the, of the team too. So I'm constantly texting or writing letters, calling, uh, trying to build that relationship. I'm asking not just how basketball is going, how school going, hey, how was prom? You know, what was the best thing you liked about prom? Or, you know, how was your flag football, your powder puff football game? And, and, and those kind of things. That, that's that's what, what I do. I know that's what some other coaches do. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of vested in the WBCA. And they've had several web, webinars on that, and I know that there's uh, there's quite a few. The coach at uh, at uh, at Ole Miss is mm -hmm. is tremendously like that. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I do know I do know that he is is one. And uh, the the coaches that I'm involved with on the diversity and inclusion committee, I know that they are uh, they are, are like that. You know, uh, so uh, I, I think there's more coaches out there that are like that than are not. Um, I don't know all of them that are like that. You know, maybe I could eventually one day get to know them all. But, uh, but I think that's uh, to make a long story short. I think that's that's how you really know if somebody's yeah. really really interested in you. Is that, is, that, is that they're really trying to to build a relationship with you because it's more than basketball. It's, it's it so much more than basketball, and it, uh, I don't want it to be about basketball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is way more than basketball. And I, I pray that your player who's in the hospital, former player, I hope that she um, recovers fully. That is always difficult. Um, and, and it's a testament to the culture that you all have built, that, that the team is willing to rally and everyone comes back for alumni day. When I'm talking to parents, I ask them to ask coaches, how's their alumni base? Do people, when they leave, do they want to stay connected to the program? Do they still feel a part of it? And that's an indication of the culture and if they had an enjoyable experience. And those, those are sometimes tough questions to ask, but it's important to know that when your daughter leaves, there's still a group of people who are gonna rally and support her. That makes such a difference. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it's not, it's not, an, it's not that it doesn't happen for everybody, but uh, more often than not, it does. It does happen, and I have different groups of kids that stay in contact with each other, uh, uh, just because of relationships and because of the teams and everything. But uh, it just amazes me how uh, different groups stay so connected 
uh, with each other, uh, you know, and, and uh, you see it, especially on social media. You'll, yeah. you'll see it where somebody will post a comment about, about their, their child had a birthday. And then you get, you know, five or six former players that were teammates with them, you know, like the post or love the post, you know, so they, you know, they all, they all kind of stay connected, you know, and, uh, and that's one of the things, you know, that uh, is different about, you know, your division one, your division two, your NAIA and your division three schools, your NCAA schools, your NAI schools, than the JUCOs is that oftentimes the JUCOs don't have uh, an alumni office. Right. Uh, oftentimes they don't, where your D1, your D2, your D3, your NAIs have an alumni office. So one of the things that I try to do is, again, you use social media. Uh, so I maintain an alumni Facebook page. That's uh, and uh, connecting with people, uh, you, know, and, uh, you know, all the time and, and bringing all the alumni together. They may not have all played together, but they're, but they're all alumni mm -hmm. and, and sharing with them information. Uh, playing, letting them know who our new players are, you know, and, and trying to keep them, you know, uh, in the loop, uh, you know, with the uh, with the uh, with the uh, with the Lady Blazer, uh, you know, program, you know, uh, that yeah. we are Blazers, you know. But once, once one of my kids, always one of my kids. Absolutely, absolutely, that's really special. And as I mentioned, you're always, you've always been that way and very caring. And so I really appreciate. You taking the time to chat with me today and share your experiences. If people want to learn more about you, they want to learn more about John Wood, how can they reach you all? Well, there's always our website, uh, which is uh, www.jwcc.edu. Okay. okay. There is our, our athletic webpage which is John Wood Blazers, all one word, johnwoodblazers.com. Uh, and then uh, if they want to, they can go to our, uh, to our women's basketball uh, Facebook page. I'm going to I'm gonna get you the right, uh, the, the correct uh, thing to go to. It is John Wood Women's, S, John Wood Women's Basketball uh, on, on Facebook. Okay, uh, and from there we have a we have a Twitter page, uh, we have a Instagram page, uh, so you know, you, and you can find that from the uh, from the Facebook page. But uh, but no, that's how they can uh, they can contact me. If they want to email me. It's it's just Rodriguez. Uh, it's R O D R I G K U E Z, uh, not the Q and not the S, but G U. <laughs> Uh, Rodriguez at jwcc.edu. Perfect. Thank you so much. I will put all of those links in the show notes. And good luck this season. We wish you the best. And I have to figure out a time Thank to get you. up there to come watch you all. Well, I want to. I want to take a, a time just to, to thank you. You've always been uh, near and dear to my heart, and you've always been in, in my prayers and. And I always keep up with you on social media, uh, but you are such a you are such a gift uh, to not just the uh, to the young ladies uh, in the St. Louis area, but uh, to young ladies all across the United Nation, all across the nation who may see uh, this podcast and benefit from it. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I think 
I think uh, you know when you when you look at yourself uh, you know, every day, uh, you know, like like I try to, you know, I think that uh, you know when you, when you wake up and you think what's your position and, and and how can you serve Jesus and be like Jesus, I think you you do that every day and inspiration to me and uh, and don't don't ever forget that. Thank you so much. Ooh, I didn't expect that. Okay, let me get up. It's too early in the morning to be crying, Coach. Thank oh, you. I'll, I'll be in touch. You're so welcome. Yes, I look forward to seeing you either at a game or when I get down to that area to uh, uh, to recruit. There's quite a few players down there that we're, we're interested in, trying to build a relationship with. So. Absolutely. We'll see you hopefully at some point in time during the season. Yes. We will. Have a good weekend. All right, you too. The Recruiting Simplified Podcast is produced by the Global Athlete Media Network. To find out more information about this podcast, visit AngelaRLewis.com or connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Coach A. Lewis.